This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 hello. Wow. Lots of hellos. Uh, Tony has come with factual documents, which he's going to quote for you. Uh, ad nauseum. This is well. I don't know about ad nauseum. <laughs> this, this is a first for the program. It is. So it may be a sign of the apocalypse. Uh, it's a good. Uh, it's a good first. One time this year, there was another first where I actually prepared <laughs> topics. Now, th- so this is now building on that, um, only because we're going to talk about. We're going to do a little bit of a deep dive tonight Yikes. into the uh, Inspector General's report relating to. Uh, what was titled Crossfire Hurricane, <laughs> the FBI's investigation into Donald Trump. And the reason that I brought documents is because I actually wanted to quote directly uh, from the executive summary of that report so that there's no ambiguity. There's no Tony must be completely overstating the case. No, nope. Tony is exaggerating. No, I am going to read directly From the findings of that report, and we're going to talk about a number of things, including how the media has presented this report, which is essentially to flush it down the memory hole. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to allow you to reach your own conclusions about how significant and serious the abuses that occurred here are. Because they are incredible. Now, you may say, that's ridiculous, Tony. You're already exaggerating. Well, (laughs) when we get done reviewing what Michael Horowitz concluded in his report, we'll revisit whether my statement that it is incredible, the number and severity of the abuses committed by the FBI, is actually an understatement. So that's what we're going to do. And we've got some quotes from James Comey, who claims he was exonerated. And the, and the media parroted this. Right. Much like Donald Trump says he was exonerated by the Mueller report, Comey goes so far as to say, I was exonerated. And when he's confronted with the actual words, he still thinks he's exonerated because he's delusional. Well, he's not only delusional, he's, he's simply a pathological <laughs> liar. He is. Now, I want to I start with a quote from Senator Josh Hawley. He's the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee hearing with Horowitz, with Michael Horowitz. And this is his quote. The DNC pays for the Steele dossier solicits the Steele dossier, and then gets the Federal Bureau of Investigation to get FISA warrants, surveil an American citizen, surveil a presidential campaign, all on the basis of this manufactured garbage that they paid for. I mean, that's extraordinary. That has got to be the first time in history. In fact, let me just ask you, Mr. Horowitz, are you aware ever of another professional campaign being targeted by the FBI during the campaign like the Trump campaign was? And Michael Horowitz answers no. I would add, and then blame Trump, for the information. So. Yes, and I think Michael Horowitz... Um, Appointed by Obama. Put, sure. Put that out. He was and not a Trump appointee. He's always been hailed, even by the people on the left, as you know, a man of integrity. I think that's true. I will say that his... Even his threshold conclusion, where he says... And the media... This is the only thing the media trumpeted, <laughs> which is Horowitz concludes that... The crossfire hurricane investigation was had a legitimate basis. <laughs> what you need to understand is the only thing that Horowitz said, because there's literally about the lowest threshold possible to start 
mm-hmm. an investigation, which is essentially you have to have an articulable basis, mm-hmm. meaning you have to be able to point to something information out there anywhere that would at least give rise to, okay, maybe we should look at this. And so Mm -hmm. Horowitz says, you satisfied that incredibly low ground level threshold. Mm -hmm. Everything else that he concludes, not he concludes, that he factually verifies, demonstrates that the FBI violated over and over and over and over Every one of its own internal regulations, the governing law, in ways, again, that when we read this to you, because you will not <laughs> – I would encourage anyone who listens to this podcast who, for instance, gets some of your news from the New York Times. By the way, there's still legitimate people that work at the New York Times. But in particular, any news relating to Donald Trump or this investigation or if you read the Washington Post, I want you to compare – What I'm going to read to you directly from this report to how either of those organizations have reported this story. They won't be the same. And allow you to ask yourself, can any legitimate news organization consider consider themselves legitimate and be taken seriously in light of what these findings are and the manner in which they have reported them? Because – it is beyond disgraceful. It is actually out and out lying about what the conclusions here were, or more preferably for the media these days, just burying all of this information. All right? Sounds about right. Sounds about right. You want me to hit any of the Chris Wallace Comey? Quotes? Yeah, go ahead. Play the uh, play some of the Chris Wallace Comey, and then we'll circle back to that based on what Horowitz okay, concluded. So James Comey sat down. After the Horowitz testimony with Chris Wallace on Sunday on Fox. Now, Chris Wallace, not a Trump supporter, doesn't appear to be. Seems pretty not Trump level. But he gives Comey a hard time. Well, and wait. And one more thing. Remember that James Comey, immediately upon the release of this report, which he clearly had not read, (laughs) goes on Twitter, goes on multiple programs, and declares in his patented smug arrogant, supercilious manner that the FBI has been totally vindicated. (laughs) We are the champions of truth Uh, and justice. And Donald Trump, in his wickedness, has once again been exposed. So Chris Wallace sort of asked him about those statements, I think, is what you're going to play here. Some of that. Again, here is what you said about the FISA process and what the Inspector General Horowitz said this week. Take a look. I have total confidence that the FISA process was followed and that the entire case was handled in a thoughtful, responsible way by DOJ and the FBI. That's we James Comey. significant inaccuracies and omissions in each of the four applications, seven in the first application and a total of 17 by the final renewal application. 17 significant errors in the FISA process, and you say that it was handled in a thoughtful and appropriate <laughs> way. Yeah, he's right. I was wrong. I was overconfident in the procedures that the FBI and Justice had built over 20 years. 
I thought they were robust enough. It's incredibly hard to get a FISA. I was overconfident in those because he's right. There was real sloppiness. 17 things that either should have been in the applications or at least discussed and characterized differently. It, it was not acceptable. And so he's right. I was wrong. But you make it sound like you're a, a bystander, an eyewitness. You were the director of the FBI while a lot of this was going on, sir. Sure. I'm responsible for that. That's why I'm telling you I was wrong. I was overconfident as director in our procedures. And it's important that, it, that, an, that a leader be accountable and transparent. If I were still director, I'd be saying exactly the same How thing. How would you be accountable, sir? Saying, which is we are going to get to the bottom of this because the most important question is, is it systemic? Are there problems in other cases? That's no longer a question. Yeah, it's not a question. Uh, totally, totally. Did you like how he parroted? I was wrong. I was wrong. Right. I, I, sure. I would have done the same thing. Yeah, it was wrong. It's incredibly was, difficult to get oh, a FISA warrant. And also he, incredibly it difficult. Was, well, it was, it was sloppiness. We're, yeah. we're going we'll to get to that the, later. We're going to yeah. address the sloppiness. All right. So, um, so we're going to switch around here since I'm the one that has the document. <laughs> He's got this papers. Uh, so one of the first things that the summary does, it just talks about in general what went on. And then it focuses on the FISA applications, the first one. And then the renewed ones, remember, there were four in total. Mm -hmm. And it also discusses, which is very important, the Steele dossier, mm -hmm. okay, which is – and we're going to talk about what the media and what various people said about these things and then what the inspector general <laughs> concluded. concluded. Now, let me quote – so now I'm quoting. This is not Tony's opinion. One section of the original – of this executive summary that this generally – that generally frames what went on. Quote, the Crossfire Hurricane team failed to inform department officials of significant information that was available to the team at the time that the FISA applications were drafted. Much of that information was inconsistent with or undercut the assertions contained in the FISA applications that were used to support probable cause. And in some instances resulted in inaccurate information being included in the applications. Okay, so that's just the general. We're just clearing our throat at this point, all right? Now, does any of that surprise you, Chad? Uh, no, it does not surprise me. And slightest. by the way, have we been actually talking about many – here's the other thing. This is not new information. No. It's been confirmed by Horowitz, but media outlets other than – the resistance <laughs> have been reporting this consistently for the last two and a half years. No one's been paying attention. Now, he talks initially about Christopher Steele. You and I have spoken about this issue. Okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, this whole report is 420 pages. This is just the summary. <laughs> but here's an interesting thing that you and I have discussed on this program multiple times, the notion of who is a source. Mm -hmm. Listen to this. Quote, Steele himself was not the originating source of any of the factual information in his reporting. Okay, we, we know that. Continuing with the quote, Steele instead relied on a primary subsource for information who used his or her network of subsources <laughs> to gather further information that was then passed on to Steele. Are we following this? The chain Sorry. of information begins with Mr. Steele, and we'll read further about how he's totally discredited. He has a primary subsource. By the way, we don't know who this person is or whether, in fact, they even exist. Presumably they do. Was that how far it went? No, 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 no. no. That person then has other 
unidentified subsources who gave them information which was passed on to Steele. And the report addresses the quality and reliability of that information in some detail. Here's a, uh, here's a preview. Not reliable. Well, let me ask you. In a court case, do you rely on third-hand, fourth-hand information? Is that, is that valid in court to say, I heard it from somebody else you're or gonna, heard it from somebody else or heard it from a friend to, who told me you can mess around? You're going to have to find <laughs> multiple hearsay exceptions to get that in. And remember, also, when you're thinking about this, remember, this is a procedure whereby the FBI is the only responsible gatekeeper. This is a secret court. Mm-hmm. This is a foreign intelligence court where the government is going. There is no adversary proceeding here. There is no cross-examination. But it's very hard to get a FISA warrant. Actually, it's incredibly easy to Apparently get a FISA it is, warrant. You can fake it. It doesn't matter. Well, no, no. <laughs> but if you look at the percentages, it's literally, I think, something like 99.8% so that's hard, of far huh? of it's close to that <laughs> of FISA warrants that are requested are issued now perhaps one of the reasons is because they carefully vet through their rigorous procedures well what this documents is there's no careful vetting there's no procedures at least as it relates to Donald Trump ah all right now the difference the next section of the executive summary talks about the decision to seek FISA authority. So remember, the first one, the first request was, we have to surveil Carter Page. Because Carter Page, remember, they have to allege this, is an agent of a foreign power. He is a spy. He is a traitor. He is working for the Russian government. And we have to present information so that you will allow us to begin surveilling him. All right? Also, Chad, please remind the listeners. Yes. What did the media and Adam Schiff Mm. and all those who are part of the vanguard opposing the bad orange man say about the dossier and whether it was a important and central part of the FISA application? Do you remember what they said about that? I have a quote if you'd like to play that. Yes, please. Let's play the quote. One of the central issues is the role that the Steele dossier played, which was oppo research paid for by the Democrats, what role it played in getting the FISA warrants to surveil Page. Again, here's your version, and again, here's the Inspector General. My recollection was it was part of a broader mosaic of facts that were (laughs) laid before the FISA judge to obtain a FISA warrant. And we concluded that the Steele reporting played a central and essential role in the decision to seek a FISA order. Listen to this. Horowitz says it wasn't part, as you told Brett Baer, it wasn't part of a broader mosaic. He said it played an essential role in establishing probable cause. In fact, he says, if it hadn't been for the Steele dossier, the FBI probably wouldn't have even submitted a FISA application that had been reviewed in April of 2016, or August, rather, of 2016. They decided not to do it. They get the Steele dossier. They do it. It wasn't part of a broader mosaic. That's what you said, sir. I'm not sure he and I are saying different things. (laughs) What his report says is that the FBI thought it was a close call until they got the Steele report, put that additional information in, and that tipped it over to be probable cause. It's a long FISA application that includes Steele material and lots of other material. I don't think we're saying different things. Well... 
I think you are. I also think that up is down and strong is weak. We'll stop it there. And we've always been at war with East Asia. (laughs) 1984. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we're saying different things. I think we are. (laughs) Interesting. Let's read again from Horowitz's executive summary. Now, first, so what he, that's exactly the quote I was going to read, which is a central and essential part. Now, part of a mosaic, just brighter. Here's, here's, here's the mosaic. Horowitz says in his report, the applications, quote, the application statement of facts supporting probable cause to believe that Page was an agent of Russia was broken down into five main elements. And then he goes on and lists these things. Mm -hmm. If you read them, one of them says that he had been fed information by the Kremlin. Another one that he was on this trip to Moscow. All of them are (laughs) lies. And note, here's his conclusion. Again, this is not Tony uh, doing the Adam Schiff. Let's make up what it says. (laughs) I'm quoting from the executive summary. Ready? We quote, we found that the FBI did not have information, let me repeat that, did not have information corroborating the specific allegations against Carter Page in Steele's reporting when it relied upon his reports in the first FISA application or subsequent renewal applications. So, summary, Mr. Mosaic of other facts, (laughs) the Inspector General concluded they had no corroborating information to support any of those claims that would have justified a FISA warrant being issued against Carter Page. What? It wasn't true? Yes. Now, he then, after addressing that issue, talks about, well... What about the other information that was presented in this application that Mr. Comey is referencing? James, unfortunately, bad news, doesn't get any better. This is the heading of this section. Quote, relevant information inaccurately stated, omitted, or undocumented in the first application. And Mm. Horowitz says it contained seven significant inaccuracies. I'm not going to go through all of them, but some of them are incredible, including omitting information. This is one of the most amazing ones. It has several components. Omitting information that Carter Page had actively been working with the FBI and and the CIA Mm -hmm. as an informant, as Mm -hmm. a source who was providing reliable information. Okay, Mm -hmm. let me – again – Just so everyone understands this, the guy that they said to the court is a agent of a foreign power was actually an agent for us. Mm -hmm. And they knew this and they omitted it by virtue (laughs) of incredible sloppiness, Mm -hmm. failed to mention that fact to the FISA court. Now, remember when we talked about uh, the subsource, <laughs> the reliability of person one? This is what they omitted to include about that unknown individual. Steele himself, quote, Steele himself told members of the Crossfire Hurricane team that person one was, quote, a boaster, an egotist, may engage in some embellishment and and this is my favorite one 
the FBI had opened a counterintelligence investigation on person one a few <laughs> days before the FISA application was filed. So if I translate, this person lies. Maybe to benefit themselves, maybe just because they like to be the center of attention, but they lie. And there's an actual investigation into their lying, but you use that as the but source for a steal. the main source for the steal. And, Makes sense. and remember, all of what we just said was never reported to the Office of Intelligence or to the uh, FISA court. So that seems bad to me. That doesn't really seem very good. No, no. Some of the other of these main seven significant ones, they omitted, remember, Papadopoulos, another one of their targets, um, omitted that, again, quote, Papadopoulos's consensually monitored statements to an FBI CHS. Do you know what a CHS is, Chad? I do not. That's a confidential human source. Do you know oh. what a layperson would call that? A friend? A spy. Oh, spy. A confidential human secret. source, right? Remember all the we don't spy? Mm. We just run confidential human sources at these people. So we just use a different name. So this is what Papadopoulos said to the CHS, denying that anyone associated with the Trump campaign was collaborating with Russia. Remember, he's not saying this to an FBI agent who's grilling him. He's saying this to a spy, mm. a guy who he has no idea is working for mm. the FBI in a casual conversation. Uh, the FBI sloppily omitted that exculpatory statement. They did the same thing, omitted pages, consensually monitored statements. When it says consensually monitored, <laughs> they're spying that. on him. <laughs> that quote, Page had literally never met or said one word to Paul Manafort, and that Manafort had not responded to any of Page's emails. Again, we just sort of left that out. Mm. Of the seven, here's Horowitz's conclusion. Quote, none of these inaccuracies and omissions were brought to the attention of OI, Office of Intelligence, before the last FISA application was filed in June of 2017. Mm -hmm. Consequently, these failures were repeated in all three renewal applications. Further, as we discuss later, we identified 10 additional significant errors in the renewal applications. Close quote, Mr. Comey. What was that you were saying again about <laughs> your robust process? And yes. here is the other self-evident question, right? Uh, do you think if we're going to buy the sloppiness, the we're a busy and very large organization with many moving parts and these things, <laughs> how is it? Is it statistically probable that all 17 of these sloppy errors all went in the exact same direction. Mm. What do you think about that, Chad? Seems pretty suspicious to me. If you were on a jury and the <laughs> defendant was claiming that the 17 serious errors that they made, including omitting information, um, falsifying information, we haven't even gotten to that part yet. We made all of these 17 errors, but listen, it was an honest mistake. Sure. It just so happens that every single one that we made harmed the guy that's suing us. Well, didn't Comey say all this was done at below his pay grade? He wasn't involved in this whole process. My question becomes, you're the director of the FBI compiling all this information initially on a presidential candidate and then the president himself, even though you said he weren't investigating the president. 
Why wouldn't the director of the FBI be somehow involved in that, especially since he signed off on three of those four FISA warrants? Yeah, well... Hmm, that seems suspicious. I don't really believe you. I don't either. Right. You signed them. I'm hoping you knew what was going on in them. I I don't believe you didn't know what was going on. And by the way, here's the follow-up question, which is, if you weren't involved... Why were you there? (laughs) Well, not only why were you there, but why were you out in public... proclaiming apparently out of sheer ignorance that all of this was done by the book mm-hmm. you had no idea <laughs> you either According knew to you. or you didn't know and either so way it's bad you're making all manner of statements highly outraged that people are questioning the fbi's process and their procedures and at, at a minimum what you've admitted is you were just saying this based on no information whatsoever and now it's turned out that everything you were saying was false well he went on to tell chris wallace he said my mother-in-law was worried i was going to jail and i said whatever her name is i'm not going to jail this is all fake information it's not true right it is fake information you put down fake information you should go to jail because you lied you spied on an American citizen, and you lied about it. Now, in this context, before we read some more of this uh, just delightful stuff that was going on, do you also remember when Devin Nunes – is it Nunes? Is that how you say his last Nunez. name? Nunes. I don't, Nunez? Sure. I don't I'm know. I'm not sure how you say it. Um, when he released his memo mm-hmm. summarizing what went on in the FISA applications, what mm-hmm. was the reaction of the, uh, the media to his Well, I his believe memo? Adam Schiff wrote his own fake – memo to counter what was out there the media did not approve of that they did not like the that. media and you can google this if you're really interested sure. in this stuff About a year ago um the media flatly called noons a liar mm-hmm. and a traitor mm-hmm. and that he was pushing propaganda and there were multiple new york times washington post cnn msnbc abc all of them the noons memo is false the fbi followed protocol adam schiff presented his own farcical document, and now we know – this is not a matter of opinion anymore. Now we know every single thing that Noon said in that memo has been corroborated Mm -hmm. by Horowitz, Mm -hmm. and every single thing that Adam Schiff said about the FISA application has been proven to be demonstrably false. And in fact, since Adam Schiff had access to those documents, he was lying. Mm Mm-hmm. He wrote. He a read memo. the same memo that he, Nunez read, and he yes, said, and he lied mm-hmm. through his teeth. Now, here's a question: mm-hmm. Do you think in the next uh, millennium, any member of the intrepid media? Wait, what is the um, what is the Washington Post's slogan? Uh, Democracy dies in, in dark. darkness. Do you think any of those sunlight-seeking folks might want to pigeonhole Mr. Schiff and say, "Hey, you know what?" It kind of occurred to me, I was reviewing all those things that you said over the last two years about Devin Nunes and that memo. Um, and listen, I don't, I don't mean to be rude. And listen, I'm on your side here. We're all part of the resistance. But it doesn't seem like anything that you said was true. Well, I would, I would counter with Donald Trump does make stuff up that's easily proved wrong. I, I, uh, of course he does. But so does Adam Schiff. No, but that's exactly and that's the what, point. The point is, to me... You're you're a known liar, which, which you paint Donald Trump accurately as a known liar. You're a known liar, and we're supposed to believe you, but we're not supposed to believe the other known liars in Congress. And you're the one prosecuting – you're going to win prosecuting the case in the Senate. Why? You've already shown you will lie on the record to the American people. 
Why in the world would I believe anything you have to say? Nothing. Of course, but this goes further. To your point, Donald Trump uh, has trouble with the truth on many occasions. And guess what? You can check it. Guess what? <laughs> the media drop. the media is up to the task. They sure. are there sure. with their battalions of fact checkers. Mm-hmm. They're investigative reporters. They're above the fold, page one. But do you think the Washington Times would say to Washington Post, Washington Post, New York Times, either one, would say to Schiff, we support you in going after Trump. We hate him just as much as you do. But you need to lie better because you're not lying where it can't be checked. Yes. You're lying no, at stuff that can be checked. This, this, Don't be him. Be this better. This is the point. So when, better I, when I say that the media is a disgrace and that they have jettisoned all credibility, this is the reason. Sure. Because none of them, not a single one of these people, has ever asked Adam Schiff. Nor will they. Nor will they. What's going on with the statements in this news memo? Which, by the way, we uncritically repeated ad nauseum in our print editions, and in our special emergency DEFCON 1, the rise of Hitler. (laughs) Jeffrey Tubin, what do you make of these incredible allegations? You parroted. Mm -hmm. See, if you had any self-respect as a journalist, a member of the media, after being taken for dupes by this guy, at a minimum, I would hope you would say, "Um, we're done with you. We relied on you, oh, I don't know, one time. Fool us once, fool us twice, fool us 37 times. (laughs) It doesn't matter. We don't care. So, all of this about, you know, afflict the powerful. You only care about afflicting one powerful person, which is Donald Trump, the object of your hate. You don't engage in journalism or fact-checking or any type of investigation of anyone no. who is on your team. Well, I've said this for, for a long time. I don't think there is such thing as a journalist. I don't think there's a journalistic ethic that they sent, they sent behind and go, we're ethical. We, we stand behind these pillars of journalism. You don't. It's all op-ed just put out as factual data. That's all. It's, yes. not, it's all op-ed, and it's bad op-ed at that. Well, and it's op-ed based on omitted facts. Sure. It's, it's all confirmation bias. It's, it's fiction. Just, we have, it is fiction. It is fiction. And people say, oh, Tony, that's incredibly cynical. You're buying into the Trump fake news. No, no. This is one of the reasons I wanted to read these quotes. Yeah. Because, again, if you're somebody who like, – I don't really like Donald Trump, but – my issue here, and has it has been my issue for the last three years, is we can't even rely on the media to not be corrupt. Sure. Okay, go ahead and report all you want about the things that Donald Trump does, but when you ignore this report, let's again let's play the game of opposite world. <laughs> this is a Democrat president. And this is an investigation unleashed by members of the preceding Republican administration in an effort to take down the candidate and then president. And this report is issued about the tactics and the subterfuge and the corruption and the lack of safeguards and the omissions and the lying. What in the world do you think would happen the next day? It'd be hell on earth. (laughs) You would have... I mean, they would immediately, with you know, with the dramatic music, be convening, and now from the war room and mm-hmm. CNN, this is Brian Stelter. With me are seven <laughs> rabid anti-Trump law professors, several generals, and and this would also be the tone, right? It would be, we take no, no joy 
in reporting today yes. the findings of Monday. Except we take a lot of joy. No, yes, but... But, <laughs> but we act like we don't. But Jeffrey Tubin, Jeffrey Tubin, I put this to you again. This is a sad day for America, but... Yes. Clearly, the apocalypse is upon us. Sure. The Trump administration has violated all rules of civilization, democratic norms, the Geneva Conventions. And my question to you, Jeffrey Tubin, is, is it time for capital punishment? I think it is. It, I think it is. And then Jeffrey Tubin would say, say, yes, Brian, I also am wearing – you see I am wearing sackcloth and ashes today uh, because of the death of, of, the, of the American experiment at the hands of the bad orange Hitler man. Oh. And I must say, even though that I personally am against violence, in this case, all of them must be yes. sent to the firing squad. Right? That would be – this sure. would be the reaction for a year, mm-hmm. right? Pulitzers after Pulitzers after investigations <laughs> after, you know, red klaxon alarm on CNN update – they I, – I dare anyone who reads the New York Times or the Washington Post in the last week, the next week, to find a single article mm-hmm. that reports any of what I have just you read. Won't. You won't. Any of it. You won't. This, this to me, what you're talking about with the media is and, – and, and the Democratic politicians, you are completely disconnected from the average person in this country. And to me, this is why Donald Trump won in 2016 because you read what you wrote. And said, well, everybody must believe this, even though it's pure fiction, pure and total fiction. You believe it, so you think the, the lemmings, the rest of us, will believe it because you wrote it, because you're Jeffrey Tubin or you're whomever. You all think that because we said it, you must accept it as fact, even though we know it's crap. We know it's crap, and we still stand up there. Adam Schiff, it's, this, is, this is a disgrace. This is a disgrace. I can't believe people would... The, the man is a disgrace. He parroted the call, the Ukraine call. It was not even close. He just to made what it he, up. He made it up completely. On the record, in a congressional hearing, he made up the call he was there to discuss. He made it up. Why would, why would you believe anything these people say? Here's a few more. Again, we're spending some time on this because I, what I really want to hammer home here is we're not exaggerating. Okay? If you're interested in this sort of thing, and I think you should be because mm-hmm. fundamentally – it is it is beyond disturbing that this kind of thing is going on and has been going on. This is the most powerful law enforcement agency in the country. Mm-hmm. They wield the ability to take any American citizen and essentially ruin their life, mm-hmm. put them in jail for the rest of your life. And the fact that they did this with impunity to a candidate and then sitting president – and continue to do so. Yep. I don't care what side of the partisan divide you're on. This should frighten you. This shouldn't happen to a Democratic candidate. Absolutely. Unless it's accurate. I mean, if there's something's no, legitimate. But, but this made up what stuff. What went on here, the reality is there are people that should be in jail. Yep. Has any, have any of these people been nope. fired? Nope. Now, this well, is actually part of, part of the, far, the farce. The <laughs> FISA court today, I don't have the quote in front of me issued an opinion relating to the Horowitz report where they basically in scathing terms said to the FBI, we are deeply troubled by all of the nefarious shenanigans and the omission of information. And we immediately demand that the FBI provide us with a curative plan of action by after New Year's. Oh, wow. That's great. But even the FISA court has been shamed into issuing this order to the FBI based on this report. So this is Rosemary Collier, presiding judge on the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, said an unusual public 
order that the report calls into quote calls into question whether information contained in other FBI applications is reliable. She ordered the FBI to explain in writing by January 10th how it intends to remedy these problems. And she said uh, the FBI's handling of the Page case was antithetical to the heightened duty of candor required by the law that established the surveillance court. That's pretty... If if this was, again, opposite world, this would be on the crawl of CNN for the yeah, next year. As it should be. Trump administration antithetical to the norms of civilization. A few more things from this report because they're significant. Horowitz goes on and starts talking about uh, Steele's reporting. Here's what he says. Quote, this is after he was fired by the FBI. Quote, <laughs> Steele admitted to the FBI that he was a source for this Yahoo News article that we talked about, mm-hmm. the sort of uh, feedback loop yes. where Steele seeds information to Yahoo and then they quote the Yahoo article as independent corroboration of Steele, <laughs> right? So, quote, Steele admitted to the FBI that he was a source for the article. And the reason he's fired is he's not allowed to be leaking this stuff to the press. He admits he was. Quote again, and the FBI closed him as a CHS for cause in November of 2016. What's the translation? He got fired. He got, he, he got fired. Yeah. He got, he got canned. No longer a spy for the U.S. Okay. Now, this is the best. So read what happens next. Quote, however, despite his firing, <laughs> as we describe below, despite having been closed for cause, again, translation, fired. Fired with cause. The Crossfire Hurricane team continued to obtain information from Steele through Bruce Orr. This oh, is the guy at Fusion, DOJ. Yeah, the Fusion GPS. With his who wife. met with the FBI on 13 occasions <laughs> to pass along information he had been provided by Steele. Wow. Are we following along, class? Here's, here's- Summarize that, Chad. Basically, you couldn't make this screenplay up in Hollywood. They go, this is too laughable. Nobody would do this. He got fired, so they continued to meet with him after he got fired for cause. Now, understand what cause means. It doesn't mean, hey, I didn't show up for work today. I quit. (laughs) It means we found you were stealing money from the company out of the petty cash. You're gone. This guy was – he did everything wrong. And they fired him, but they still acted on his tips. Right, so they cut him out. He then gives the information to Bruce Orr, and they meet with Orr 13 times, and he passes on the same information from the fired guy, and they use that. Yeah. Well, 12 times would have been fine. 13 is a little excessive, I think. Here's another conclusion, again, about the – and remember what he said earlier. So the initial application, which starts the whole thing, completely baseless, Mm -hmm. Right. Everything. Here, I will quote again. This is another quote. Quote, we further determined that the Crossfire Hurricane team was unable to corroborate any of the specific substantive allegations regarding Carter Page contained in Steele's reporting, which the FBI relied upon in the FISA applications. He apparently repeats this like three or four times because he's trying to hammer it home. There's nothing in the initial FISA application relating to Carter Page that they corroborated. Not a single thing. That seems wrong. Now, Somehow. Now he talks about the renewal applications. Which one? The first one? Second, all third? three. <laughs> this applies to all three. <laughs> okay. And remember. Remember, remember they had seven errors in the first one. 
10 additional errors as they go along. And there's something that's referenced here called the Woods Procedure. Mm. And what that refers to is these are also internal FBI requirements that basically mean if you are seeking a renewed FISA application, you must rigorously revet and re-verify the basis for that application, meaning you can't bootstrap onto the prior one and say, well, you already proved it. Just yeah. give us another one. No, yeah. you have to independently again, because here's the thing. Sometimes information is invalidated. Sometimes there's new information. Shocking, isn't it? It, it is surprising. Yeah. So in order to get again uh, a court to allow you to surveil an American citizen who is claimed to be a spy and an agent of a foreign power, we're going to ask you to do a little bit of heavy lifting and confirm that all of this is still true, hmm. even though in this case, they never even confirmed that anything in the first one was true. It was all false. Well, if you've lied the first time, it gets really easy the next couple times. Here's what Horowitz says about the three renewals. Remember, he's already identified seven serious problems. <laughs> Quote, we identified 10 additional significant errors in the three renewal applications. At this point in the plot, this does not become as a surprise. But here's the best one. There was an email that was sent one of the agents in the chain of command said, I need to know explicitly whether Carter Page was a source for us. Okay? He like wants to one. know this. I like this one, yeah. He wants to know this because that it's, bears it's on – It's relevant to whether or not we're going to continue to surveil this guy. This is astonishing. The – quote, the OGC, Office of General Counsel Attorney – who was responding to this, altered an email from the other agency. This is the agency for whom Carter Page was a source, mm -hmm. a cooperating source. That was called the CIA? Yes. Yes. Quote, so that the email stated that Page was not a source hmm. for the other agency, which the FBI relied upon in signing the final renewal application. Again, uh -huh. translate for the class chat. So James Comey... Signed a FISA warrant two more times before he was fired. You can get the third one. Because of a false email that his employee sent saying Porter Page was not a CIA informant. Yeah. CIA I source, mean, not informant. People, I, I need you to follow along what this guy did. He lied. He Not only he lied, lied, he fabricated, he changed the meaning of an email. So he's got somebody in the chain of command who apparently is at least not corrupt and says, um, I, need, I need specific information about whether Carter Page is a source for the U.S. government. And he is. The information that they get from the CIA is, yes, he's a source, he's reliable, he's cooperated with us for three years. And this guy, mm -hmm. sloppy, sloppy Sloppiness. Joe, decides... No. Well, we can't possibly tell them this because that might not allow us to keep spying on Carter Page. So here's my question. Let's assume this was sloppiness. He meant to say yes, he put no. Now let's assume that for well, a second. Well, wait a minute, but you can't even say that. You can't even assume that. Here. Well, okay. Because so he, in the second he substantively substantively altered oh, he did. He did. the email. To totally understand it. He says I meant to put yes, I put no. You said they have to go back and vet each time they get a renewal. They had two more renewals. So that means somebody else either didn't vet 
Or they falsified it again. That's exactly what they did. Oh, wait a minute. They didn't falsify it again. They, they falsified previous- it the first time, and then they just simply relied upon well, it again Well, you told me they again. can't do that. They didn't. Well, wait till you see what he says about the Woods <laughs> procedures. Uh-oh. So here's my question again. I actually think Horowitz was asked at his hearing where he testified by somebody, hey, is this guy that committed multiple felonies by fabricating documents, falsifying existing documents, representing things that were flatly untrue, is he still working for the FBI? And yeah. what do you think the answer was? Yes. I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> this gross negligence or intentionality? Uh, no, no. He doesn't even have the option of gross negligence. That's, that's not even on the board. This guy committed a brazen felony. Mm -hmm. He's still working in his position. Yes. This is one of the reasons why most Americans are entirely disgusted Mm -hmm. with this entire system. If this guy is still at the FBI, how is he not, number one, immediately terminated and frog marched out of the FBI building Mm -hmm. and lawyering up because there's now – Somebody from the DOJ who's going to prosecute him. Oh, yeah. It's just unbelievable. So continuing, continuing with the renewal, the 10 more significant errors. I also like this. They omitted information from people who had previous contact with Mr. Steele. <laughs> now, let me here's – here's a guess, Chad. Do you think the information they omitted was that Mr. Steele is the kindest, noblest – No. He's basically Mr. Rogers. He is – a superhuman individual. Here's what they omitted about Mr. Steele. Quote, demonstrates lack of self-awareness, poor judgment, pursued people with political risk, but no intelligence value, (laughs) didn't always exercise great judgment, and it was not clear what he would have done to validate his reporting. None of this firsthand character information of Mr. Steele was reported to the FISA court. Interestingly, other omitted information they got from Bruce Orr. Remember, mm-hmm. Mr. Orr is the new conduit for fired Mr. Steele. 13 times. Yes. This is what Bruce Orr said about Mr. Steele, the guy that was spoon-feeding him information. Steele's reporting was going to Clinton's presidential campaign. Wait, hmm. wait. Oh, okay. That might be <laughs> worth knowing. That's... Simpson, do you know who Simpson is? Not OJ. (laughs) Well, at this point, I'd believe anything. This is is Glenn Simpson, who's the principal for Fusion GPS. Doesn't Bruce Orr's wife work at Fusion GPS? Yes, Bruce Orr's wife. Wait a minute, there's a connection. Yes, amazing, isn't it? She's a specialist in Russia who Mm. works for Fusion GPS. They're the opposition research firm that Clinton hired to dig up dirt on Donald Trump and who funneled the money through the law firm to Mr. Steele. So this is Bruce Orr. Information about Simpson. Simpson was paying Steele to discuss his reporting with the media. This is the reason that Steele was fired, because he's not allowed to discuss it with the media. But the outfit that was obtaining the information was paying him under the table to leak it to the media. That was omitted. Mm -hmm. Number three, Steele was, quote, desperate that Donald Trump not get elected and was passionate about him not being the U.S. president. The British citizen was passionate about the British guy who is our main source, Uh who is unreliable and can't validate. And he's also a Donald Trump hater. Do you think that might have been relevant to disclose 
to the mm, FISA court. No, probably not. Oh, also, we've mentioned this before, but now Horowitz makes this explicit because, remember, there had been some media pushing back saying this was not an operation of the DNC. Nope. Mm. Gong. <laughs> Quote, uh, failed to update the description of Steele and omitted the fact that Simpson, quote, Simpson was hired by someone associated with the Democratic Party and or the DNC. The FBI, in its sloppiness, did not see fit to inform the court about this. Hmm. Don't know why that would be. Makes sense, right? Yes. Now, here's this is this is one of these. Mr. Horowitz is treating this with kid gloves after all of this. Um, this is a, a sum, summation of all of this information. Quote, we found no evidence that the Crossfire Hurricane team ever considered whether any of the inconsistencies warranted reconsideration of the FBI's assessment of the reliability of the Steele reports or notice to OI, Office of Intelligence, before the subsequent renewal applications were filed. Yes. Hmm. Do you think do you think maybe I don't know Andy McCabe and James Comey were were ruminating Mm-mm. or pondering, Mm-mm. you know, Mm-mm. perhaps we should reconsider uh what we're doing here. You know, yeah. wrestling, losing sleep we, we over over the closeness of whether they should continue to do this. All right, a couple final points about this because this is now the section in conclusions, okay, <laughs> after all of this. I like conclusions. That helps me wrap it up. Yes. We concluded, quote, the failures described above represent serious performance failures. You think? Hmm. Quote, these failures prevented OI, Office of Intelligence, from fully performing its gatekeeper function. Yes. Wow. Next quote. We identified at least 17 significant errors or omissions in the Carter Page FISA applications and many additional errors in the Woods procedures. Now, this is Horowitz is throwing them a bone because he's not going to read minds. He says, <laughs> while we did quote, while we did not find documentary or testimonial evidence of intentional misconduct let me stop there what does that actually mean what is he saying there they didn't put it down that yes, we're intentionally exactly. trying to screw this i over. didn't find a note from james comey saying <laughs> screw trump we're out to get trump maniacal <laughs> <laughs> yeah. laughter yes so here. um that's not all that surprising but listen the end of the sentence he says quote we also did not receive satisfactory explanations for the errors or problems we identified. Sloppiness. Huh. Just sloppiness. And guess guess what the responses were? Quote, in most instances, the agents and supervisors told us that they either did not know or recall why oh, the yes. information. Mm. I just don't remember. I rem- it's yeah. so odd now that you pointed out. Yeah, I have no idea. I see why that's a problem, how but I didn't un- realize it at the how time. How unfortunate. Yeah. All of these dinks, all of these 17 <laughs> sloppy errors. It's really, really unfortunate. Now, and then this is the, the final one that I noted, because remember, they have all of these Woods procedures in place about re-verifying. Apparently, they don't mean anything. No, no, this is great. This is great. His conclusion about their following the Woods procedures, quote, the agents and the supervisors 
also did not follow, here's my favorite part, <laughs> or appear to even know <laughs> the requirements in the Woods procedures to re-verify the factual assertions from previous applications. Sure, that makes so, sense. choice A, we're not going to follow him. Choice B, what? What, 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 what what's them, what's that? We talk about practice? We talk about we talk about Woods procedures? What? Uh, my favorite quote from Comey though, Wallace plays all that, which you talked about, the bunk of the steel report. He said, You knew the steel report was fake. You knew the information you got was garbage and you still put it up. And Comey says, Well, I don't I don't think so. And he said, Well, if this all happened under your watch, and most of it did. Would you have resigned? He goes, no, I don't, I don't think I would. I would have just gotten to work to try to fix it. And I, I think Director yeah. Ray and I have the same direction. I'm like, no, I don't think you do. I think you would have just covered it up, and we never would have heard about it. I think that's what you would have done. He is a lying cretin. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't – my wife would say, don't say that. No, no, he is. If you are a fair-minded individual mm-hmm. – and I know we spent a lot of time on this, but I, I thought it was important because I wanted it not to be Tony bloviating about his opinions <laughs> about how this yeah. is this is documented. Mm-hmm. This is what they did. We can't have a functioning government with people like this abusing their power in this fashion. And what's incredibly ironic is that the very media apparatus that is now arrayed against Donald Trump. Their rallying cry for decades, right? How did they make their bones? How did Woodward and Bernstein become these icons? It was all about, we're going to speak truth to power. Uh And now, the people in power, James Comey, Clapper, Brennan, (laughs) McCabe, Yates, go down the list. All these people in power, they're a bunch of boot-licking toadies Mm -hmm. who are not just willing to accept uncritically what they're saying, that would be bad enough. They're now retailing for them what are obvious and established lies, and they're obfuscating and hiding what these people did, all because we all hate Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Can I vote for C? I don't want Trump or whoever the Democrats vote. I want C. Is that possible? In this country, to get something other than because honestly, while I like most of Trump's policies, I don't like them all. I like most of his policies. I don't like him, and I don't care who the Democrats put up. I don't like that person either because I can't stand any of the people running. I think they're horrible. Tulsi Gabbard doesn't seem as lunatic as the rest of them, but she's the exception to that. But she's still very progressive. I am. I am sick. If if all this has occurred under James Comey. And all these people, as you said, the, the man who changed the status of Carter Page to asset to no. How many more are there? How many more are in the FBI? This paragon of justice, the 38,000 members of the FBI. Now, I don't think every FBI agent is corrupt. No, of course not. But I think there's enough at the right spots to be corrupt. Well, and, and that's the, what I'm calling but them, But unfortunately, corrupt. the right spots are all the people in positions of leadership who are running the agency. Well, and that's this, a problem. This investigation, of course, it's a sitting president, is at the highest echelon of this organization. The idea that Kobe somehow didn't even know about this is farcical oh. on its face. 
We haven't even gone into again and mentioned, which is in the report, the fact that the guy that was heading up the investigation as an Asian, Peter Strzok, (laughs) is a rabid anti-Trump zealot. Mm -hmm. We have his thousands of text messages with his mistress, who was also on the team, and yet Horowitz, and again, it's because he's simply not going to take a position on this. He doesn't even conclude from that. Well, there's I don't I couldn't prove that there was bias. Nobody left a note. Nobody left an incriminating text that said we're going to do whatever it takes to take down Trump. Dear Mr. Horowitz, we were biased. The only gang. in my view, number one, in my view, this is one of this is one of the biggest scandals in American history. Should be. And I don't you, think it is. And if you think that that's not true, I would welcome a debate on how is it not scandalous? Remember. This is using a foreign intelligence court, which is typically almost exclusively used because we're actually engaged in intelligence gathering with foreign enemies of the country. (laughs) These are all U.S. citizens. If you don't think that it's scandalous that the FBI has repeatedly lied, Mm -hmm. manipulated information, omitted information, presented it to a court so that they could obtain surveillance, not just on an American citizen, but on a candidate for president at the behest of the other campaign, because that is who was funding Mm -hmm. every scrap of this. And this report documents there was not a shred of corroborating evidence to even initiate the first application, and the only reason it was passed or was accepted is because there was multiple lies and omissions, and they continued to do this for two years to take down a sitting president. If you don't think that's a scandal, I'm not sure what one is. Now, if you think that a phone call to the Ukraine <laughs> is an impeachable offense, and you uh... think that this is somehow some molehill that's been ginned up by Rush Limbaugh, then again, we are living in completely separate universes. Let me I play, don't know what else to say. Let me play a quote from uh, Nancy Pelosi and then Adam Schiff. I want these two because I, I think this is germane to what we're talking about. Was there an aha moment for you personally, a piece uh, of evidence or testimony that swayed you now to take this step? Well, uh, the, I'm glad you asked that question because all I hear from the press is that I'm moving so swiftly that it's like a blur going by. This has been a couple of years, two and a half, uh, since the uh, initial investigation of the US, the Russian involvement in America's election, which started much of this. Oh, so hold on. The Russian involvement from the Mueller report, which didn't show Russian agents... Showed nothing. No, showed, no showed Russia trying to influence the election, but it didn't what, show anybody in the U.S. And, collaborating. And we with had that. already known for decades that they were trying to influence. Right. And, and we'll continue to do so. And China's doing the same thing, and, and North Korea, if they could. Notice what she said: two and a half years. The articles of impeachment, the two, revolve around the Ukraine call, which happened in July of 2019. So, if you've been working on it for two and a half years. What were you working on? Now, she's going back to the Russian investigation, which is not true. There, there was no articles of impeachment. There was no attempt to impeach because they didn't have the, well, the votes. There they, was, didn't, they weren't right. in charge of the, con- of the House. But the point being, you've been working since he took office to impeach him. Correct. That's right. a little scary. Now, let me play Adam Schiff because I think this is even scarier. The argument, why don't you just wait, amounts to this. Why don't you just let him cheat in one more election? (laughs) Why not let him cheat just one more time? 
why not let him have foreign help just one more time? That is what that argument amounts to. That was last week he said that. Yeah. Now, to cheat in an election, again, you would have had to have cheated the first time, which they don't have any proof of. Right. The Mueller report if we had a did not show that. Again, if we had a functioning un- non-disgraceful media, the immediate follow-up question would be, uh, Mr. Schiff, I'm a little confused. Where is the evidence that Donald Trump cheated in the election? Because as we remember it, because uh, I cried for several nights in a row when the Mueller report was issued since sure. our hoped-for savior turned out to it. be an unfortunately a doddering old guy who didn't even remember anything. But can you point us to where it said in the Mueller report that – can't. No, no, I'm just lying. I'm well, lying to you because I think you're stupid. Either that or I know that you're going to repeat this verbatim because you're a stenographer for the Democratic Party. I think the Democrats know that their field of idiots is just that, a field of idiots. And they're going to lose the 2020 election. So they're already setting up. He cheated. Because our policies can't be bad. Our candidates can't be bad. He cheated. He did it in 2016, which there's no proof of. He's going to do it in 2020, and we have to get him out of office now, knowing that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen unless 67 people in the Senate lose their minds. And I don't think there's 67 who will well, lose their no, minds. No, of course. So there is again, it's pure political calculation. But it is it is fascinating the the brazenness with which Adam Schiff just lies. Yeah. And you'd say, so does Donald Trump. Fair enough. Yes. Fair enough. But here's the point. One doesn't make the other better. But here's the point: is that the people that are beside themselves clamoring about Donald Trump every day and his lying seem to have no care in the world no. that Adam Schiff is actually, in my view, um, his lies right now are far more serious. Mm-hmm. Because, again, Donald Trump lying about the size of his um, inauguration, or, you know, all of this stuff, that's fine. Great. I don't know why you're lying about that stuff yeah, or exaggerating. Easily be checked. Adam Schiff... And those who support this agenda, what Nancy Pelosi should have said is, well, for two and a half years, we have been engaged in monomania, obsession, derangement and hallucination in an effort to find anything, anything at all to justify impeaching Donald Trump, including emoluments and the 25th Amendment. Remember, they were literally having psychiatrists from afar diagnose him um, with some sort of mental disorder. But the point here is, is that they are doing this. They are telling these lies these provable lies in order to remove a sitting president from office. That has been the goal. I agree. How, how can anyone, again, if you're someone who is a self-respecting, intelligent, informed person, whether you're the most ardent Democrat, libertarian, what have you, who has all manner of Bernie Sanders signs on your front lawn, how in the world can you read these findings and listen to that guy and conclude, yeah, this is okay. This is okay. I want to read a quote from uh, Representative Al Green. Yes. You're going to like this. This will be superb. A president can be impeached more than once. So we can do this. We can move forward with what we have on the table currently. We can take this before the Senate, and we can still investigate other issues. And when the president has committed additional offenses, and my suspicion is that he will, we can take those before the Senate. There is no limit on the number of times the Senate can vote to convict or not a president. No limit to the number of times the House can vote to impeach or not a president. So my belief is that the Speaker will probably say we're going to move forward with what we have now, but we're not going to end investigations and that there may be possible opportunities to do other things at a later time. They are going to, as long as they are in charge of the House, they are going to continue to impeach this president. Sure. 
Now tell me when it becomes it's impeachment palooza. Tell me how you can't sit there with a straight face. And and I'm talking to Dr. Fia right now because he's been all over this. Now Donald Trump has to be listed as the other fourth person to be impeached. How do you sit there with a straight face and say they're just continuing to impeach, 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 impeach? How at what point do you think the American public says, "Hey, you know what? Stop. You're wasting my time, you're wasting their time. You're there to govern and all you seem to want to do is impeach." Now, maybe he did some of the things you're saying, maybe he didn't. I'm tired of seeing it. I don't want to see it on TV. It becomes basically, you know, it's not a special event. It's not Christmas. It's Tuesday. Yeah. And you go, why are you still doing this? They have wanted to impeach him. You heard Nancy Pelosi. Since he got took office, they wanted to impeach him. They've wanted to impeach him. And it sounds like they want to continue to impeach him over and over again until he either leaves office or the, is removed. The end result was always assured. They simply had to find a pretext. Uh, Russia, which was their great hope, yeah. fizzled. And so now they've latched on to this. And again, you know what? That's fine. If you actually have reviewed that telephone call and you think that that constitutes a high crime and misdemeanor, more power to you. As I've always said, this process is a political one. Mm -hmm. And I think the Democrats are already seeing the um, unexpected political consequences How for them. How couldn't they have seen that before? Because what the, bubble do you be, live in? No, because again, they, they are literally so consumed with their obsession with getting Donald Trump. But they're in Iowa right now. They can't, There's they 15 can't candidates themselves. in Iowa. They're polling all the time. Are you telling me that one of these questions didn't come up at some point? They go, eh, It doesn't matter. They, they are, it's like the dog chasing the car. I know when I catch the car, uh, I don't I, I can't I'm going to be dragged to my death. It doesn't matter. They don't care. It doesn't matter. We must drive over the cliff. If we drive over the cliff and Donald Trump dies, that's good enough. Good enough for us. So so I'm look, I'm content for them to continue. The more that people like Al Green, Mr. Green, say things like that, the more he is guaranteeing, number one, all of those vulnerable Democrats in those red state districts right now, all of those people are sweating bullets because this is not polling well. They're I was, going in the wrong direction. I was told by an unreliable source that the people spoke in 2018 and That's said right. they wanted Democrats in charge. I was right. told the people. The people did. Now, local districts spoke against other local candidates, yeah. but the, the United States as a whole did not speak in 2018. So I want we'll, to refute that. We will, we will soon see how the grand uh, impeach impeachment, uh, like I said, impeachment palooza, in perpetual impeachment theater, how that plays <laughs> yeah, with voters. Yeah. They're already, here's the problem. They, they can't escape now. You, you're already hearing some reports in the media that there are House members who are sort of backing away from this, not mm -hmm. sure how they're going to vote. Now, look, they're Pelosi will, will get them yes, all into shape, right, in the back room and say, you better. She vote might for give this. some some leeway to some people in some purple districts because they don't need they don't need. Here's everybody a here's to vote a very quick. We don't have time to dig into this. Maybe we'll talk about it next week or whatever we record again. Probably not for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um. You saw what just happened in England. Mm -hmm. That's that was one of the questions. But before we get to that, long trial, short trial in the Senate. Should it be one or the other? Well, we talked about this before. I mean, it's a double edged sword. I actually think. I actually think it should be short. I know Donald Trump is, uh, you know, he's got a hankering to put all these people on the stand. Look, right now, 
you're already ahead on this. Okay, yeah. no one's paying attention. No yeah. one is paying attention. No one cares. The polling people have tuned it out. It's almost not even registering. Yes, it's kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to impeach Donald Trump, right? You've been saying that for the last three years. Go ahead and do it. Yeah. I think it's a mistake to give it any oxygen whatsoever, even if you think. That you could, you know, you're going to make great points by cross-examining all these people. Doesn't matter. Here's, here's my only reason: you keep three of the candidates running for president who are senators in the Senate. They can't be out. They can't be out. Uh, I, who cares? I'd actually like them to be out. Yeah, I want. I but, want. But more. they can't talk when they're there. They can't respond. They can just listen. Yeah, which is so hard for them. My instinct right now is to say, look, treat it for the complete sham it is. Fine. You guys have voted on them. As I said, I would love to see Cocaine Mitch say, we're going to have uh, two hours of statements. Thank you very much. Invoking we're out. We're voting. <laughs> we're out. We're voting. Guess what? Lunch is on me. He's not, he's not removed. The <laughs> next. End. The end. Bring oh, the next one. And, and then allow the lamentations of the New York Times editorial board <laughs> to continue for you know 30 weeks. But here's the other thing. It doesn't matter what they do. They're not going to get credit. For having some robust process, they're not going to report Agreed. all the people that get cross-examined and admit, "Oh, well, we don't really have any first-hand information about anything." Right? right? It doesn't matter. So now that you have the public tuned out, Trump's polling keeps getting better. Yeah, it hasn't gone down. No, it's, it's getting better. Don't understand. So, do, do you put Biden? Do you call Biden no, and Hunter Biden? Actually, no, I don't think so. I actually think that that you don't need to do that. I agree. Joe Biden is a gaff machine to begin with. I he's, think Trump wants vindication. But see, that's, get that's where his instincts in terms of I want, you know, I want to turn this into blood sport. I want to get them. I want to punch them in the face. It doesn't serve you well. It's, it's no. not politically smart to do that. You're winning. Mm -hmm. Why would you give them an opportunity to continue to dominate? Now, maybe Trump thinks, actually, the more that this circus is front and center, the more people get ticked off about it and the better I do. I guess if that's their calculation mm -hmm. and their polling, maybe that's a justification. My view is this has been a complete disaster for the Democrats. In the they expected this to somehow you know, bottom out Trump's numbers. They expected the public to be riveted to this. People are yawning. They don't care. If you did a poll of Joe Main Street, do you even know what's going on right now? Nope. That, what? Doesn't Listen, care. man, I'm too busy living my life. I got a job to do. Whatever. Oh, the Democrats think Donald uh, yeah. Trump is wicked? Huh. Tell me something I don't know. I think he has to come back and say in some sort of ad, they impeached me knowing I wouldn't be removed. They knew I was not going to be removed at any point, no matter what they said or what they did. And they did it anyway. That's a political calculation. That's a political test that you're they're putting me under. I can't govern because they're putting me through well, this. Well, the, actually, the other ad that they should run is a chronology of every time that they demanded he be impeached starting November, November 2016. Yes, November 10th. And basically <laughs> roll of the litany of January of 2000. November, January, spring, fall, winter, emoluments, fast food in the White House, yes. mean tweets. And then essentially the point being they finally got what they wanted. Yes. Is anyone surprised? No. They're, they're – obsessive calls for impeachment that started even before I was president. I actually wear this as a badge of honor because these people are a bunch of partisan hacks mm -hmm. who have been looking to do this. And meanwhile, the economy is booming. All the stuff that he can tout for his policies, that's exactly what he should do. Mm -hmm. um, nobody takes this seriously. It's, it's devolved into a farce. So I think 
Don't give it any further room for media attention. Just end it. Crib death in the Senate. It's over. I agree. You want to do Brexit. Really quickly. I just think because it's interesting. For those of you that don't follow British politics, uh, they had a pretty monumental election. Uh, Boris Johnson, uh, who was the representative for the, the Tories. Okay, so in England, you, got, you basically got Labour. And you've got the Tories. The Labour Party, headed, headed by a vile pustule of a man named Jeremy Corbyn. And I don't say that lightly. No, He, he is, is an open anti-Semite. He is an open apologist for terrorists. Mm-hmm. He's an open apologist for the IRA. He is a disgraceful human being. He was the leader of the Labour Party. And most of what the Labour Party stood for was, we need to get, re- we do not want Brexit. Remember, mm-hmm. they had a referendum. Massive Three amount years ago. of people voted. And the parallels here are very similar. You had a group of ruling elites who decided uh, we don't actually like what the people have voted on here and we're not going to allow it to happen. So going into the election, I don't know, three, four weeks out, there were predictions. Boris Johnson and his party and the way it works over there, it's a different system. You have to get a certain number of seats. But in any event, um, they destroyed the Labor Party. Mm-hmm. And what's very telling is that. You know how in America, because the colors are switched as well. Yes. So over there, red is labor. Here, red is conservative. And yeah. blue is the, is the Tories. The Labor Party had what they called their red wall, mm-hmm. just like Hillary had her blue wall. Mm-hmm. And it was very similar demographic parallels, meaning uh, a lot of working class, uh, longtime, blue collar, union people who had – Basically, for the last 50 years, consistently and monolithically voted for labor because mm-hmm. labor, right. that's who they that's the people they represent. Mm-hmm. Right. Many of those areas flipped. Yes. And interestingly, when they did the exit polling, a lot of the people said, we don't really like Boris Johnson. Does that sound familiar? Sure. We don't really like the head of the conservative party. Right. But we are not going to let. The kooks and the anti-Semites and the Remainers, those are the people that want to stay in the EU. We simply can't vote for those people. So I'm not trying to draw any direct parallels here, but in terms of what's going on over there, this ruling class of people, the statists who have decided, again, you deplorables had no idea what you were doing, and we're not going to accept the will of the people. (laughs) It seems to me... There is a very close analog to what we are seeing right now. Now, it remains to be seen whether it's going to play out this way in our election in another year, essentially. But if I was somebody, and here's the other thing. One of the other things in the exit polls that many of the people said was, these people aren't, this isn't regular labor. Mm -hmm. These people are hard left crazies. We see the same phenomenon in the Democratic Party, and Mm -hmm. I've said this repeatedly. If they would actually have a candidate who would say, I am a down-the-line classical JFK liberal. I believe in all of the main issues. I'm pro-choice. Go down the list. I want to promote environmental. Isn't that Biden? No, no. It's okay. not. Well, but Biden, Previous Biden. He's a goofball. <laughs> he's supposed to occupy that lane, but he can't. And he had the stones to say, yeah, I'm not down with open borders. Right. I'm not down with banning fracking. I'm not down with all of this craziness, this LGBT, we're going to give abortion rights to trans men. Like all of this, right? All of this woke, far-left agenda that most people in flyover America hear and they, they kind of scrunch up their face like, what are you talking about? Yeah. If they had a candidate 
that would actually be willing to say that and stand up to the Twitterati as they riot, you know, because you're not allowed to. It's heresy. You can't say that. They would actually have a candidate who could win this election. But they're going to nominate somebody like Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or even Pete Buttigieg, who I think is probably the most gifted politician and the most uh, superficially appealing. He's a smart guy. He speaks well. He comes across as sober and reasonable. Yeah. When you actually listen to his positions, he's also uh, quite radical. Yeah. But they're not going to do it. They're, they're so driven by their base that I think there's a good chance you're going to see a very similar result to what just happened in England. I, th- I think that was the connection because the Brexit vote happened before our election in 2016. So there was that draw connection saying, well, they went that direction and there was a nationalism run on certain countries. I think you're right. And I think, I think we, I think Donald Trump could solidify himself and Boris Johnson by having a trade agreement already in place before they leave the, the EU. I don't think they're going to leave the EU anytime soon because I still don't think the people in Boris Johnson's party want to leave. No, I agree. Well, I think that's even, the problem. even Boris Johnson in the run-up, he was touting sort of this hybrid uh, kind of compromise. So that remains to be seen. But I, I think in both on on both continents, the the polling, the experts, they dramatically underestimate how angry many people are, how sick and tired they are mm-hmm. of this agenda. Not only being called names every day, sure. even even in the aftermath of England, what did we see? The explanations were basically a bunch of backwards, racist bigots mm-hmm. put Boris Johnson into power. Well, that's that's a good strategy. <laughs> you you just lost by the most. You lost the most amount of seats, I think, since 1930 yeah. in England. Yeah. Somewhere 80 years, 90 years, whatever it is. And your reaction, which is exactly the same reaction that the institutional left and all of those enlightened folks in the Beltway had, which is, you morons, you bigoted morons, you didn't vote for us, (laughs) you need to obey. How many times do we have to tell you that you're stupid and we're smart and we deserve to be in charge? Yes. That's a winning... You're you're always going to get votes when you tell the electorate you're stupid. And the thing is, people are not going to tell you. They're not going to say to a pollster, I support Donald Trump because they've at least learned their lesson that you're not allowed to say that in polite society. You can't wear your MAGA hoodie anywhere, right, except to the, I don't know, the Elks Lodge. But they're going to march to the polls Mm -hmm. and they're going to vote for that guy and they're going to vote for Boris Johnson. And then when everyone is surprised, they're going to say – well, maybe if you hadn't been slandering me and all the people yeah. that I know for the last four years, I might have considered voting for you. But, you but it's not really a good strategy. No. Well, it's never a good strategy to tell the people that put you into office you're idiots. That, that doesn't usually work out well for you when you call your electorate idiots. But when you have one political party in the country right now, which is essentially of the view that any time they lose an election, it can't possibly be because we had a terrible candidate or our policies are deeply unappealing and in many cases foreign to the American tradition, right? People, people don't. Don't buy in to we're going to have open borders. They don't buy into we want to let felons vote from prison. They don't buy into we want to provide illegal aliens with voting rights and citizenship and free health care. We don't 
buy into we want sanctuary cities that we're not going to cooperate with immigration enforcement and we're going to allow multiple felons to stay here and potentially harm American citizens. They do not buy into that agenda, but they will never, they will never reconsider or revisit. Maybe we need to change our positions. They're just simply going to say it's more Russians in the cupboard. It's more bigoted, jingoistic, nativist, alt-right deplorables. And as long as they keep saying those things, they will never learn. They'll keep chasing the Trump car and they're going to lose again. There's just... That's exactly what they're going to get. And until somebody sane actually regains control of their party and pushes back against the frothing spittle fleck base, this is going to repeat itself. It's it's, I think of the time when you're dating somebody and you break up and the person says, it's not you. It's me. What they're really saying is it's you. It's not me. It's never been me. It's all your fault. But that's not what they say. Well, the Democrats have come out and basically said you're a bunch of idiots, and I can't believe you. I would ever want you as my yeah. And I and I will say, I will say, as a Christian, as somebody who has said on this program repeatedly, I did not vote for Donald Trump um, because I had many qualms about his character. I had still qualms, do. I still absolutely <laughs> still do. But I will say right now, given the candidates, unless there's some surprise, uh, you know. Candidate like I don't know Clint Eastwood shows up and runs as a Democrat, <laughs> but I will happily Seems unlikely. I will happily vote for Donald Trump in the upcoming election against the current group of people that are lined up on the Democratic side. And someone may say to me, like Dr. Fia, mm-hmm. how could you possibly do that? That's affecting your Christian witness. You're a hypocrite. No, I'm not. I fully embrace the fact that Donald Trump is not a Christian. He's not a man of good character. He lies. He does many things that I don't like. Provide me with an alternative to him that doesn't advocate for things like unrestricted abortion on demand and all the other things that we've discussed. You're not a one-issue guy. Yeah. In addition to the fact that many of these people have their own incredible baggage that they're dealing with, until you provide me with someone I consider to be sane, Mm -hmm. who's actually not going to try to economically destroy the entire country— I am perfectly content defending a vote for Donald Trump as the far lesser of evils that is going to be the head of a secular government. We don't live in a theocracy. (laughs) I'm not in the nation of Israel deciding who's going to be the king, even though many people like to call Donald Trump a king. If he was, you wouldn't currently be blogging. No. You would be in some prison or have had your head lopped off, right? We wouldn't have an election in 2020 because there wouldn't be need for election. So He'd be I, king. I take no issue with a Christian who says, I cannot possibly vote for Donald Trump. That's a good faith, reasonable position. Sure. But guess what? Right now, the people – oh, and the final thing, which is what we spent this entire show talking about – the people that have attempted to destroy Donald Trump using the means that we just documented in the Horowitz report, those people are far more dangerous. If you want to talk about dangers to democracy, it's this crew and not Donald Trump. Because last I checked, even though I keep hearing that he's a strong man and a tyrant and Hitler and all these other epithets, Donald Trump hasn't declared martial law. Donald Trump hasn't thrown any journalists in jail, even though he says the press is the enemy of the people. Paul Krugman is still churning out his editorials. All the rest of the resistance is at Starbucks typing up their screeds on Facebook. (laughs) None of that has happened. It's all a delusion. But these people are real. These people are real. And these people are willing to undermine exactly what we call the foundations of democracy 
because they think they're more virtuous and they think that noble ends, according to them, justify these means. Sure. Those people I will never vote to have near the levers of power. And if that means voting for Donald Trump, I will happily walk to the polls (laughs) and do that. Yes. Uh, Just as before we leave, little conspiracy theory, little conspiracy theory. Do you think Donald Trump has Comey, McCabe, Strzok, Page, all the others on his payroll? Because this <laughs> this has emboldened the electorate to vote for Trump. I mean, well, everything that's gone on. Well, we this joke about everything, that. but right. I, I mean, it would be an extreme conspiracy. Well, well the joke the joke usually is does he have the squad and AOC on his payroll? Right? I'm wondering because you couldn't you couldn't pay like or there's somebody in his like they made her up. She's a composite. And all the tweets that she sends out, it's like Stephen Miller. <laughs> Stephen Miller's exactly. typing these up and sending them out from the Trump war room, right? I just uh, wonder. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, it could have bore... This stuff coming out couldn't make him a better chance of reelection than if, if none of this had happened, he was still running. I think he still has a good chance. But this just emboldens people in the in the flyover country. Say, I'm voting for him. I I would love to hear. Any pushback on any of this. In particular, I would love to hear a cogent argument as to why the Ukrainian phone call (laughs) and everything that you know about it, the public record, is a high crime and misdemeanor that warrants impeachment. Because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that are saying it absolutely is. Um, I don't see it. I'm more than happy to discuss those issues. And I also, anyone who thinks... You're completely exaggerating or overstating what was disclosed in this Read IG the report. report. Read the report. If you Read the report. Tell me report. why you think that we're blowing this out of proportion because we were at great pains this evening not to opine but to literally quote the findings mm-hmm. of the Inspector General of the United States. And in my view, they represent an incredible scandal. Yeah. 717-739-5432. 717-739-5432. I'd love to hear it. I don't think you will, but I'd love to hear it. That's all we got tonight. That's a lot. Thanks for joining us. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. And we will be back in the new year. I don't believe we'll be back this year, but yes. uh, we'll be back in the new year. So join us then. Thank you. Good night. This has been a Hannah Tree production.